Let us pray together. Dear God, we're so deeply grateful that your spirit comes to help us in our weakness and in our vulnerability, especially for the way that your spirit comes when we have no idea how on earth to pray or what we should pray when we don't know what is best in some situation in our lives or in the world. And we're so grateful for this verse today that reminds us of how you come alongside us through your spirit to intercede with sighs too deep for words. Thank you. And we pray that this verse in the coming year would deepen our congregation's shared life of prayer together with you. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, it's been a wonderful couple weeks because I've been receiving your stories about how our verse, our new verse for 2024, has guided and helped several of you through some of the hardest times in your life. And for me, it's been a precious glimpse into the life of prayer that is ongoing and continuous in our congregation all the time. So today I'd like to be sharing several of the stories that you have shared with me. And uh, I'm very grateful that the seven stories that I'll be sharing, each of the people gave me permission to share them with you. During Rachel Lesher's cancer treatment four years ago, she said that she often felt too tired, too frightened to even know what to pray. But after her mother gave her our verse, Rachel found much comfort in realizing that God was still hearing her and hearing all the others who were praying with her, even though many of these prayers had no words, were unspoken. And before and after his recent brain surgery, Ernie Hess and Lois, his wife, told me that they as well completely lacked the energy or the focus to know how to pray. And they too found great solace in knowing that God's spirit was interpreting their groans and their sighs. I love that, interpreting their groans and their sighs and gathering all of these prayers up before God. So in my sermon today, I'd like to begin by learning and uh, memorizing by heart our verse together. We're going to spend a little bit of time doing that. 
And then I want to re reflect with you on what I think is the core good news of this verse for our congregation here in 2024. And I'll continue interweaving or weaving in some of the stories that you've shared with me. So first of all, I invite you to turn to your bulletin cover where our magnet is printed and uh, you should uh, all have those magnets in your mailboxes. If you don't have a mailbox, see me at the uh, back door as you leave and I'll be glad to give you one. So the first time I invite you just to listen deeply to the verse as I share it with you and to notice its flow, its cadences, and to begin to take in its profound message. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Very briefly notice that our verse has three parts, right? Three chunks. One, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Two, we don't know how to pray as we ought. Three, but that very Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. As a memory device for the verse number, you can remember that 8 equals 2 plus 6. <laughs> right? Right, Jonathan? <laughs> and this year, our worship commission has decided to add a new wrinkle to our memorization. After we recite the verse every time, we're going to take three deep Breaths, breathe, breathe, breathe. All right, so uh, let's begin. Please repeat after me and please breathe after me. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Let's do it one more time. Romans 8.26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. 
But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Back in 1974, when Judy Zimmerman Herr was a senior in college, she and her housemate were both feeling quite worried about their plans and their future beyond graduation. And apparently they were doing quite a bit of sighing. A third housemate who had already graduated and who already had a job gave them the cartoon printed in our bulletin today. That's the story. Where Linus quotes Romans 8.26. And for Judy, this verse came just at the right time, reminding her that she didn't need to carry that uncertainty alone. Let me mention that quite a few of you this week have come up to, you, to me and said, I'm a sire too. And uh, as you can see, uh, Elisa is a very good sire. <laughs> and uh, people in my house tell me that I am as well. The science behind why we sigh is actually quite fascinating. When we encounter something difficult, painful, or discouraging, our breathing often goes shallow. And our body can literally feel starved for oxygen. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're in front of the computer, you're reading something, and all of a sudden you realize you've stopped breathing. It's not a good feeling. And a deep sigh, let's take one, helps literally to reset our lungs with a refreshing inflow of oxygen, right? It's what we need. And this is why it sometimes feels so good to sigh. Our bodies are literally receiving what they need. But our Bible tells us that there is a spiritual dimension to our sighing as well. Again and again in Scripture, did you hear that in Exodus? We hear and find God hearing the groans and the sighs of those who are oppressed, exploited, and suffering. God hears the cries and the groans of those who are hurting. And long ago, God heard the groaning of the Israelites, groaning under their terrible and cruel slavery by Pharaoh. God hears and responds 
to their cries. Our verse comes from Romans, Paul's letter to the beleaguered church in Rome, a faith community that has been experiencing intense persecution, intense heartache, has been experiencing even expulsion from the city. They're a diverse community of Jews and Gentiles trying to follow Jesus, trying to heed his call that we heard in the gospel today to come follow me and to be a community of his compassion, peace, of his inclusion, and of his joy right in the heart of the brutal Roman Empire the very empire that had crucified their Lord. Think about that. But friends, here's the thing. Those who follow Jesus back then and still today live in the tragic gap between the cruel way that things often are in our world, amen? And between the way things are and the way that Jesus has helped us to imagine that the world might yet be. And once his kingdom vision, his kingdom vision, takes hold of us. Once we begin to long and to yearn for his new creation, we can't help but feel heartbreak over the way that things are in our world. The things that break our Lord's heart begin to break our own hearts. 250 people dying every day in Gaza. Heartbreaking. The unhoused sleeping in Bins Park in this freezing cold, unimaginable. And all that remains unhealed in our own relationships, our families, our souls, and our bodies. Connie Stauffer says, told me that she experiences this tragic gap most often when she's reading the newspaper or listening to the evening news. And sometimes she says all she can do is groan and sigh. But our verse has been leading her to contemplate something that she said she's never contemplated before, that when she sighs like this, she is actually joining the sighing of God. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Connie, I believe, is picking up on something so very important here. God's deep is calling to our deep. 
In the 8th chapter of Romans, Paul says that all of creation is crying out with the groans of childbirth. All of you mothers, you know what that's like. God's new world of justice and beauty of, and kindness is waiting to be born. And the Holy Spirit is groaning with the travails of childbirth in the labor pains of the new creation. And so are we. And as we pray, and as we sigh, we are joining God's own labor. The birth pangs of the new creation, the new world waiting to be born. We are joining God's own prayer for our world. Sid Stayrook says that whenever the spirit brings someone to her mind, she simply asks the spirit to be with that person. Though she has no idea what they may need, she trusts that they were brought to mind for some interwoven reason. I love that. Some interwoven reason that she can't see. She simply trusts the spirit to know what they need most and to intercede for them. And the Spirit comes to us not only to make us pray and sigh, but also to lead us to action, right? Sometimes the Spirit prompts us to pick up the phone and to call someone, to put a card in the mail. The Spirit, in the last week, prompted seven of us to get on a bus this coming Tuesday and go to D.C., to call for a ceasefire. It was a spirit prompting in each of us. Many years ago as a pastor, Claudia Smoker was visiting a woman in the hospital who was experiencing unimaginable pain. So she walked, Claudia walked into the room, sat next to this woman's bed, and the woman just reached out and took her hand, and they sat there in silence. Claudia didn't know what to say, because the woman's pain was so intense. But she said, finally, our verse came to her, which she prayed with the woman. She said, God, we do not know how to pray. Please hear this sister's sighs, her prayers, her groans. Her prayers are our prayers. And we trust your spirit to speak into them. It's all we have. When Claudia opened her eyes, she saw that the woman had fallen asleep. And I know this feeling well as a pastor. Claudia left feeling like she had been a complete failure. <laughs> like she hadn't ministered to this woman as she had needed. But later on, the woman's son called her and said that had been a turning point for her. 
that until then she had not experienced that God was present with her in her pain. And just last month, Glenn Roth was set to preach at Landis Homes. And getting absolutely nowhere with his sermon. It's a terrible feeling. <laughs> the worst feeling. And Glenn shared with me that he cried out to God, why in the world did I agree to this? God, help me out of this mess. And a few days later, he woke up at 4.30 in the morning, and his sermon suddenly came into sharp focus at 4.30 in the morning. Glenn, I don't know if you're like me, but I often say to God, couldn't you, couldn't you call me when I'm... <laughs> Not sleeping? And Glenn told me, or wrote me, he said, I relaxed then. I think that's so beautiful. I relaxed then. And gave thanks for God's spirit helping me in my weakness. So friends, in all seven of these stories today, I believe we are helped to glimpse the profoundly good news contained in our verse for this year. And what is it? It's that in our prayer lives with God, we can relax. Even our most fragmentary prayers are pleasing to God. There's no right or wrong way to pray. No magic words, no abracadabra that will finally open God's heart to us. God is already for us. Amen? And in our weakness, God's Spirit is quick to join our sighs and our groans and is present with us and sustaining us, especially through our deepest times of suffering, anxiety, and weakness. Thanks be to God. Amen.